I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hello and welcome to the final Arsenal weekly podcast of the regular season for the week of the 23rd of May 2016. I'm Russell Hargreaves and on this week's show we're talking all things European Championships. Aaron Ramsey talks us through Wales' chances come the summer. London Evening Standards' James Olley will tell us about the players to watch out for during the tournament. And Max Jones takes a closer look at Arsenal's representatives at the Euros out in France. But let's kick off with a trip down memory lane with Petr Cech. Petr Cech won the Premier League Golden Glove for the 2015-16 season and will captain the Czech Republic in France this summer. He spoke with Arsenal media's Harry Hawke about his memories of his country's famous run to the final at Euro 96. So Petr, it's been nearly 20 years since Euro 96 and Czech Republic getting all the way to the final. Uh, what do you remember about that tournament? We were watching it and uh, I, uh, in, uh, in 96 we, we played with my... Victoria Pilsen team a tournament in, in Italy and it was exactly we arrived in, to Naples in exactly the same day we played Italy so it, there was no one anywhere everybody was like oh what's, what's going on you know there's nobody here no it isn't it's a dead town but it wasn't a dead town because it was the game <laughs> so everybody was watching it and Czech Republic beat Italy 2-1 in the in the group and uh, this was basically the, the game. They lost the first game against Germany. This was the game they had to win if they had any chances to, to qualify from the group. And nobody thought that they would anyway because they had Italy and Germany and Russia in the group. And, and then suddenly they, they went through. So they beat them. And then we were walking with the shirts in you know, Czech Republic, Victor. <laughs> then, then everybody was like, oh, Republika Czeka. And then they were like holding hands. And we were thinking, oh, they're going to kill us now because they, they hated the fact that we, we beat them. But, but they were actually very, you know, they applauded us. We were also the first time we were, I was 14. You think like, whoa, you know, what's, go, what's going on? It was quite interesting experience. And then when we obviously came back, uh, we were watching every game, and I like I almost had a fever every game. Watching, you know, it was so it was so tense, trying, you know, hoping that we will do well. And and once it went, you know, Portugal in the last uh, 16, and 
no, in the quarterfinals, then you had uh, France in, on penalties in, in the semi-final and they went through and it was like, wow, what's going on? But then, um, obviously, the only pity about it was that they were one nil up in the final, conceded a few minutes before the end from a, from a free kick or the, uh, Bierhoff uh, had it in after a free kick from the side and, and then uh, is the, one of the only golden goals because I, I think it was only for that tournament and then they cancel it so <laughs> we, they lost the final but obviously it's always it's been always one of the one of the moments where you sit at home I was 14 and they think like oh it would be brilliant if one day I could I could play Euro so oh, for the national team what kind of an impact did that have on Czech football because it must be very inspiring well, it was the first time we qualified as a Czech Republic before it was all Czechoslovakia or, or Czech and Slovakian Federation, whatever the name was at the time. <laughs> we, it was the first time we were like Czech Republic and, and we always qualified since. And this is, this is something which is absolutely amazing for a country like, like, like Czech Republic with 10 million people and, and 300,000 football players only even since '96 every single European Championship we were qualified and and uh, it's, it's an amazing uh, achievement itself and uh, I think this Euro had a big impact as, as well on the players careers. Nedved went to Italy after that game because he scored Poborski went to uh, Manchester United and you have plenty other players coming to different clubs. Mabel went to Atletico Madrid and obviously once you have this opportunity for the players to go to play top teams then obviously it opens doors for everybody else you know I've, I still believe that Nedved doing so well in Italy opened the door for any other player you know because we think oh look at this you know this Czech is hard-working great player everything and he won the golden ball and you think like okay if we have another one then Poborski went to Italy and, and you know it's it's, it's amazing to how how tournaments like that can open opportunities not only for the players who play the tournament but then if you know if it all goes well for for them obviously it gives chance the younger players and then the new generation okay if we do well we we have a bigger chance that we will be spotted because people realize that even our players can be very good do you think it's fair to say that this current Czech squad that's about to go to the euros um owe a great deal to that side well, I think you know this is a, this is a, a huge opportunity for those guys who who dream about um, going abroad, playing big uh, leagues. Obviously, we have some playing in German league, some in Turkish league. Uh, me and Tomas are the only one in the, in the, in the Premier League at the moment. Um, but uh, you know, this is a huge opportunity for everyone to you know to show I can play on the highest level. I can can do that, and maybe you know make their the best uh, tournament of the career, and then you can, you know, it can open doors for for a great uh, engagement. Petter will become his country's most capped player on his next appearance, and will be hoping his side can go one step further than that '96 vintage in France this summer. The tournament will bring the greatest players on the continent into the spotlight, and we'll talk to our Arsenal insider about who these players are to watch next. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. 
Our Arsenal Insider this week will be covering the European Championships for the London Evening Standard, and I'm delighted to say that it's their chief football correspondent, James Olley, who joins us now. James, hello, pal. How are you getting on? Very, very well. Busy day, busy times for all of us, my friends. So you're in the middle of the briefest of breaks before you're straight out to France. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it seems like it comes around quicker and quicker each time off the back of the Premier League season that, you know, we, uh, we roll straight into to, to the England sort of, are we going to win it? Yes, we are. Oh, no, we're not. Type of uh, roller coaster that we get into every two years. But um, no, I think there's a lot of excitement, particularly around England this time. I think, um, you know, the, the, it's youth breeds hope, doesn't it? And uh, I think the fact that England's average age squad is, is under 25, I think, has given a lot of people a lot of encouragement for, uh, for what lies ahead. And just while we're on England, um, one of the things that obviously a lot of fans will know and be so interested in is will Roy Hodgson revert to a lot of the tried and trusted players of recent years? Will he really go with some of these new informed faces from the likes of, of Leicester and Spurs, for example? Or will he kind of mould the two? I suspect the latter, but quite how he makes his starting 11 and bench tick for some of these big games coming up will be really interesting. Yeah, it will. And um, I, there were a series of lunches with um, selected members of the press with Roy over the last sort of three or four weeks. And I fortunate enough to go to one of them and, and during that he, he asked all the journalists around the table to um, write up their starting 11 for the first game against Russia and I thought it was it was quite significant that out of nearly 20 people only three had Wayne Rooney in the team and I think that sort of shows you that even if the captain's place is not assured there is a genuine unpredictability about about the lineup and the system I mean they're, they're playing It'll be 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 with a midfield diamond. I'm pretty sure it'll be one of those two systems. But even within that, you don't know exactly who's going to start up front, who, who takes the midfield position. The defence probably picks itself, certainly at centre-back anyway. Um, but there is there, there is a, an unpredictability there. But yes, you could say, well, that's sort of conclusive evidence that England don't know what their best team is. But by the same token, we've had a very regimented set-up for the last few tournaments where it's been very, very predictable to know how England are going to line up and how they're going to play. And I think that, that gives us a quality that perhaps we haven't had before. Um, and like you say, I, I, there are some dynamic, interesting options. And he's not been afraid to chuck in kids before. And if you look at sort of the, the, the four-year tenure, uh, the average age of the squad has come down each time for each tournament. And they have progressively tried to integrate younger players. Um, and I think when you, you look at some of the key performers in the Premier League this season, the likes of Deli Alley and Harry Kane, and uh, sorry to say this on an Arsenal podcast, but you know some of the Tottenham players, <laughs> you know they've been some of the more dynamic performers. And um, I think with Jack Wilshere as well, I mean I think he'll he'll play a prominent role. And we're desperate to, to, for him to prove his fitness. And he got another hour against um, Turkey, so he's, he's he's pushing forward for that. Um, I think the kids will get their chance. Um, but yes, obviously, I, I still think Wayne will, will probably start the first game and he needs to have that blend of experience. But I think it will. And we saw, didn't we, obviously, in the FA Cup final when Rooney stuck his head down and put that 
amazing run together and helped set up a key goal for Manchester United, effectively beating five defenders in the process. He's, he's still got it. It's just a case of trying to get it out of him at key moments and, and in the right environment. It's going to be amazing to see, as you say, quite what Roy goes with. Uh, we'll talk a bit of Arsenal in a minute, James, and also going to talk specifically about some of the Gunners players in their respective Euro squads with Mac Jones, Max Jones in a few minutes. But a couple of questions I want to ask for you more generally. Which Arsenal player do you think will have the, the most significant impact at the Euros across all the, the possible teams? Well, I mean, I'll probably say Jack Wilshere only because, which I know is quite a safe uh, <laughs> thing to say, but I just feel that, it, you know, he, he's a player who he's missed almost all of the season um, through injury and yet he's never really been out of the picture, if that makes sense. Roy Hodgson's always been very, very keen to make sure that he is part of that midfield lineup. Um, I, I mean, I think we originally thought he might play as a holding midfield because you go back to England's first qualifying game against Switzerland, he, um, he played in that sort of defensive midfield role, and that, I know that performance is still very sort of prominent in yeah. his mind. But you know, he played in a slightly more advanced position against Turkey, and I think he probably will do um, in the tournament itself. I, I might also pick out Thomas Brzezicki because I think he, um, you know, again, he's another player who's, who's obviously missed. Um, the, the majority of the campaign and yet you know he's been selected in, in the long list for, for the Czech Republic I'm sure he'll go to that tournament I spoke to him after the final game of the season and obviously he was very emotional about about leaving the club and um, I think he sees that tournament not just for the, for the occasion that it is but also an opportunity to actually showcase his ability to still play at the highest level I think he wants a new contract somewhere else I think he'd like to, to carry on playing for another year or two um, so he's got both a, uh, a sort of personal and professional motivation, if you like, to, uh, to try and impact upon that tournament. And they're in a very difficult group. They've got um, Spain and Turkey and uh, Croatia, I think it is. Um, you know, so it won't be easy for him. But um, he's, he's been a talisman for that for, the, for that country for a long time, and uh, I'm sure he'd like one last um, hurrah at that level. Yeah, completely. Just a couple of other quick ones on the Euros, James, while you're with us. Uh, not particularly Arsenal, but just beyond, obviously, so many exciting teams and exciting players taking part this summer, particularly with the expanded number of countries that have qualified for this. Um, who would be one or two of perhaps the slightly more unheralded names from various parts of Europe that you think our Arsenal Weekly podcast listeners should, should keep an ear or an eye out for? Um, well... Kingsley Coman is somebody. I mean, he's he's played for uh, Bayern Munich, so he's hardly unheard of. But uh, you know, he's only 19, and he's got a handful of caps for France. He's somebody who I, I've been fortunate to see live a few times, and just really, really exciting player, uh, um, a midfielder who can play on either flank, devastating pace, very direct. Uh, somebody who can beat players at will. Uh, he's somebody who, who I think you know this tournament comes at the, at the right time for him. He's somebody who could really go and, and stamp his authority on it. Um, so I, I'd certainly single him out. Um, Renato Sanchez is another one who I mean he's he's just joined Bayern for huge money, but he's not. You know he was linked with with a, a number of clubs throughout Europe, Manchester United perhaps most notably. Um, he's ended up going to Bayern. For, for, say for, for quite big money, he's another one who's very versatile as a midfielder. He can play, he can play as a holding midfielder, but he can also play as a more advanced player. I, I haven't seen as much of him, and I'm quite excited to see just how good he can be because he's come with all of the highest 
um, plaudits and, and, and reports about uh, you know his potential and just just how good he can become. It'd be interesting to see just how much he can deliver that on on, on a major stage uh, like the Euros. Okay, couple to definitely watch out for there. Thanks for that, James. And obvious one to finish our Euro section of this chat. If it's not England, going to not give you the easy get out there. If it's not England, who do you think is going to win? Well. I know that France are the favourites for the tournament and I can understand why home advantage tends to, to, to be a, a very positive factor. I, I just wonder with everything that's gone on in France in the last year or so, whether the emotion of that tournament uh, and, and the occasion might overwhelm them. I, I, I think they're you know, they're sort of three, four to one, that kind of price. I think around that level, I don't know whether I'd be sticking my money on them for that reason. Plus, there's quite a bit to be taken on trust in terms of some of their younger players. You end up defaulting back to Germany, don't you? Because just because they are so reliable in tournaments, um, you know, we haven't talked about Mesut Ozil, but, you know, he's obviously going to be a key player for them, uh, as he always is these days. And, um, I think, I think as much as, as an England fan, I would hate to say Germany. I think I'd probably have to go there. <laughs> now, just a couple to finish off. Obviously, there's going to be, as we've just been talking about, James, a lot of talent on show at the Euros. It just makes me think, and I'm sure so many of our supporters as well, about what Arsenal are going to do over the summer. Talk about three new faces coming in in key positions, whether that is after the Euros or whether some early business can be done, which often can be key. What's your thoughts and, and your understanding on, on what we might see happening there? Well, I think the Granite Xhaka deal will happen in a matter of days, really. Um, that is very close to being uh, over the line. And I think that really is, in itself is a statement of intent because, um, you know, a lot of clubs often talk about trying to do their business early and, and, and Arsene actually said it, I think, in his final press conference, you know, um, when, it was, when it was put to him that ideally you want to get your business done before... Euros, well, of course you do. Ideally, you want to win the lottery every time you buy a ticket. You know, it just doesn't <laughs> always happen that way. So, I mean, it, you know, it's something that's certainly on their radar, and I think they will be active this summer. I'm interested. The dynamic for me is if you look at Sir Alex Ferguson's last season at United. We don't know whether it'll be at Arsenal Wenger's last season at Arsenal. I kind of feel as things stand, it probably will be. In which case. It's interesting for me to see, you know, United kind of gave Robin Van Persie almost as a present to Fergie in his final season. He was, he was, yes, of course, he was, we all know how good a player Robin was, but, um, you know, he, he didn't really have any resale value. He was £24 million for a player who had one year left on his contract. It was kind of very much a, you know, thank you for everything you've done, Sir Alex, he's the player you really want. And it financially doesn't really make much sense. I mean, look, he had, he had one great year, for them there his last season um, throughout his last season at Old Trafford and, and then Robin's form kind of fell away quite dramatically afterwards so I mean you could say well was it worth it he won the title one year well you know for the money he was on it's a, it's a judgement call I suppose so I think Arsenal are in a similar position because I think they do need to, they do need to strengthen they do need two probably three players um, you know and do, do they say to, to Arsene well look this money's yours go and spend it and it looks like they, they are going to say that and I think he, he will do it I mean you know we, we often sit here with great you know optimism and belief at the start of a transfer window and then we suddenly find Arsenal get to the end of August and Arsene saying there's nobody available but I think this one will be different as I say Xhaka will come in I think they need a centre forward um, I 
think Danny Welbeck's injury probably has swung them to the same conclusion. I wonder whether they might have tried to get away with it again had, had Danny's injury not been as bad as it is. So I think they will bring in um, one there. And then, you know, I think cover at centre-half um, is, is, a, is a, an issue that they need to resolve as well. Um, so I would say you might be seeing a new spine of the team with a bit of luck. But um, as I say, I, I, I felt very optimistic about Arsenal spending big money in the transfer market before only to be made to look complete fool come September the 1st. So um, <laughs> I just caveat that a little bit, but I do think that there will be some significant movement. And as I let you go, James, just looking back, obviously we spoke about a fair amount of this on last week's podcast at the end of the, the Barclays Premier League season. But uh, ultimately, I guess uh, a season of, of missed opportunity. We all know that, but... Still finishing second on the final day in the manner that Arsenal did was something to take out of it, but there is a huge amount still that needs to be worked on and, and these additions and tweaks clearly reflect that. Yeah, I, I think, it, you know, the, the biggest disappointment really um, was that we could all sort of see it coming um, insofar as when Arsene says at the end of the last summer transfer window, you know, there was nobody... Uh, there were no outfield players that were available to improve my squad. We all kind of thought, well, th th that's ridiculous. There, mu there must be, you know. This, yeah, I understand, you know, the concept of a manager obviously having faith in his players and wanting to talk them up as much as he could. But I think we could all see that that squad wasn't far away. We ne I don't think anybody would say it's far away, but it, it, it still needs one or two, um, you know, top quality additions to it. I mean. I think you, you know, the sort of narrative, the consistent narrative that's come out from Arsenal over the last sort of two or three months has been we've not, you know, we've not scored enough goals effectively. And I think he, you know, he, he probably has come to the, to the conclusion that one or two of the players that he's had um, the most faith in over the last few years have, have not quite been up to it. To just at the very highest level, I'm talking about to you know, make the difference, to win titles, to to get you into the. The, the semis and the finals of the Champions League. Those, those real match-winning players, I think they're still one or two short um, of that. And, you know, when you think about the upheaval at Chelsea and, and, and the way that you know, Manchester City have, have fallen away, particularly with obviously the uncertainty over Pellegrini before Guardiola was appointed, the fact that United are in transition, it, it did feel as though it was all there for Arsenal. But one thing I would say is that, you know, City are changing their manager this summer, so are Chelsea. So it looks like United are as well. Only Arsenal and Tottenham have got that stability and Arsenal have got that greater pedigree of being able to be in the mix, being in the hunt for a title race. Everything that we thought of about why it would be a good chance for Arsenal to win the title last summer, I think will be the case this summer. Even more so if they finally plug those gaps. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The thoughts of James Ollie of the London Evening Standard. And James, thanks for all your input over the course of the season with us, which we really appreciate. And of course, uh, hope you have a great time out in France and uh, bring home the Euros if you can with England. It would be uh, much appreciated. If not them, at least Wales. <laughs> thanks very much. And it's Adams, put through by Bold! Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, look, It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 26th of May, 1989, Arsenal travelled to Anfield, needing to beat Liverpool by two clear goals to win the league. What happened over the next 90 minutes would go down as the greatest moment in the club's history. With the game goalless at the break, it was Arsenal who'd opened the scoring seven minutes after the restart. Into Burn and Richardson behind it. Adams has made a darting little run in there. And Smith! And Arsenal have scored. The uh, Liverpool players are surrounding the referee, asking him to... Uh, Speak to a linesman. The linesman never hesitated at all, Brian. I looked immediately towards the linesman. Well, let's see here. Winterburn's kick and glanced in. Arsenal still needed a goal to be crowned champions, and with the clock about to tick to 90 minutes, we were treated to one of the most dramatic moments in British football and an iconic piece of commentary. Arsenal comes streaming forward now in surely what will be their last attack. A good ball by Dixon, finding Smith. For Thomas, charging through the midfield. Thomas, it's up for grabs now. Thomas, right at the end. An unbelievable climax to the league season. Well into injury time, the Liverpool players are down absolutely abject. Aldridge is down, Barnes is down, Dalgleish just stands there. Nichols on his knees, McMahon's on his knees. Suddenly it was Michael Thomas bursting through. The bounce fell his way. He flips it wide of Grobelar. And we have the most dramatic finish maybe in the history of the Football League. Mickey Thomas's goal just in time to crown Arsenal top flight champions for the first time since the 1970-71 season. Here are the goal scorers Alan Smith and Mickey Thomas, manager George Graham and right back Lee Dixon with their memories of that moment. I remember it like it was yesterday. John Lukic threw it to Lee Dixon, right back position. And then it went Lee Dixon, Alan Smith, Alan Smith, Mickey Thomas. I went for Bruce Grobler to make the decision. I could see Alan Hansen and... 
Steve Staunton closing in, and I'm thinking, Mickey, you've got to shoot, you've got to shoot. They're going to get a tackling, but he just released the ball in the nick of time. You can't really describe how you feel at that moment of time. It's just an elation, it's just, yeah. You just, it's just, it's an out-of-body experience, you just go crazy. The ball went in the net and I just started crying on the pitch and I just thought, we've done it. And then, before I knew it, Liverpool were kicking off again. And I was, I just kept thinking, well, if they come down my side now, I've had it, because I couldn't see. I was tears rolling down my eyes. And I'm wiping the tears out of my eyes, thinking, please, and luckily they went down the other side. And then, you know, literally seconds, they blew the whistle and uh, started crying again. <laughs> The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Aaron Ramsey will be part of the first Wales squad since 1958 to play in a major international tournament this summer. The Arsenal midfielder spoke with Carl Finocchiaro about Euro 2016. You're going to the Euros this summer. Are you in dreamland? Is it, is it, how awesome is it? Yeah, it's good, you know. Um, it's such an achievement for us. We're 3.5 million population. I haven't done it for... 58, 59 years, I think it was. So, you know, for us to, to achieve that is, is quite special and the, the players should definitely be proud of that. Um, we just can't wait not to get there. What was, what was the vibe like at home? Were your family contacting you after you'd qualified? And how proud of the country were yeah, you? Yeah, you could feel uh, the buzz around the place, around the country, you know, the, the media, the press, you know, everybody was, um, you know, just proud of, of what we've achieved. You know, we needed them as well. Our fans throughout the game, they done, they got us through a couple of, a uh, couple of games. Um, yeah, we're just, we're just really proud that we finally have achieved that, and we're, we're going to, a, to a finals. You're going to have to soak it up, mate, because it's, in, in Welsh, it, for the achievement, it's more than, more than once in a lifetime. It's tw- two of your lifetimes it's taken to get to the tournament. So how eager of you to, to maybe soak it up a little, like enjoy some of the little moments off to the side? Yeah, I think yeah, that's important to, uh, to take it all in, to enjoy every minute of it. Uh, but also as well, we need to be serious. We don't want to just go there to make up the numbers. We've, uh, we've done well, we're quite a dangerous team and you know, we, we want to get out of the group and then who knows what can happen from there. As an Aussie, we, we didn't qualify for the World Cup for 32 years, so I know what it's like. It's just special just to be at the tournament. How um, big a deal is it for you to be part of the group that broke through, that got it done? Yeah, it was always a big target of mine to, to try and achieve that with Wales. I know we had the players, um, and we just needed to deliver that. And finally we have. We have a good, uh, a good group of players, good staff, good setup and um, all of that just made for for this to well for us to qualify so uh, we're delighted to achieve that and and yeah hopefully we can do it for many more years now it's going to be weird having a tournament in the summer for you because you always uh, get to hear all the stories I'm sure <laughs> the boys coming back you get to tell a few stories this time yeah no it's going to be strange but you know it's like I said it's something that I've always wanted to do so I hear all the stories from, you know, the World Cup and things like that. And it's something that I wanted, wanted to experience myself. And, you know, I'm going to be on, I, I'm going to be able to tell my, a few of my stories now. Good month, a good month with the boys from the Wales squad. How tight are you? Are you guys on a WhatsApp group together? Like, uh, what's the vibe like? In yeah, we are on a WhatsApp group. Um, yeah, the banter is, uh, is flying on there, to be fair. But 
Yeah, we're a good group of lads. We we all understand um, our roles and responsibilities on the pitch, but also as well, we we enjoy each other's company and we're quite um, we're quite a closely knit group. So I think um, you know we have a, a good team spirit. Yeah, you play your cards close to your chest emotionally. Will there be tears when the anthem rolls out for that first game? Be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm I'm quite a, a straight guy, but. Uh, you know, you never know what can happen in them situations. I've never been there, so maybe, maybe. So I'll tears, take my so tears, tears from Aaron Ramsey. That's a guarantee. Um, you must then look at the guys that never quite got there. Your gigs and rushes. Are, that, is, are those kinds of guys going to be with you? They're going to be within your thoughts at all that they never got to do this. Yeah, Wales come close a few times on a couple of occasions, but um, you know, never quite got over the line. But we finally have done that and. You know, um, I'm sure they're really looking forward to it as well. Looking forward to seeing Wales, you know, on the big stage. I'm sure they will have their full backing, and um, and yeah, they're probably just as excited as we are to to be out there. Gigs, rush, bail, maybe the next great Welsh player, possibly the greatest ever Welsh player. What's he like to play with, mate? What's he like behind the scenes at training? Do you just stand there in awe, or? Yeah, he's he's a good lad, and. Um, you know, he understands, um, you know, he works hard for the team as well, but also he has that quality to, to put the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, he, uh, he had a fantastic campaign um, and he's been on fire this year as well. So all in all, he's in uh, good shape for the Euros and we'll need him. Plus, you know, the whole team as well have, have done really well. We, uh, we work our socks off for each other and we can, we can play a bit as well. So, um, yeah, we'll need him and everybody to, to pull together to, to, to get out the group. Did you play a lot with Gareth at youth level? Did you know him pretty well? Yeah, I played a, f I played a few times with him in, you know, uh, I think 17, 19, or 21s maybe. And, um, and then he made the jump up to the first team when he was 16, I think. So, uh, so yeah, he's, um, yeah, I've grown up a bit playing with him and stuff. So. And you could always tell that he had that, you know, ability to uh, to go on to great things. He was. I played a game with him, and he played centre back, I think, at that at that time. But um, yeah, I played with him when he was left back as well, and then obviously he moved further up the pitch. Will the memories of Gary Speed, do you think, be prominent in this group? And can you elaborate a bit on what he means to you and what he meant to that group? Yeah, obviously. He's the guy who come in and got the ball rolling. Really, he uh, he um, made everything professional. Got the right people in. Um, got us playing the way we wanted. And you know, I um, he gave me the armband as well. So I'll, I'll forever be grateful for that opportunity. And you know, he means a lot to the team because he's the one who got everything started. And um, I'm sure he'd be looking down on us. Um, now he'd be really, really proud of what this team's achieved, and we're just thankful and grateful that we had him as the manager who, who um, you know, played a part in getting us there. Last one. It's a tournament where the underdogs have done well. Greece, Denmark, why not Wales? Yeah, I think you know we have a, like I said, we have a good team, team work ethic on the pitch. We're quite da dangerous on the counter attack, and we're hard to break down. So who knows? 
So Aaron will be one of a number of Arsenal players representing their countries in the finals. We'll be talking to Max Jones about a few more of those next. Arsenal Media's Max Jones joined us throughout the season with the Gunners International Report and he's back now to help us pick out a few players who Max thinks will have the biggest impact for their respective countries at the Euros. Max, how are we doing my friend? Yeah, it's great to be back on it. It seems like quite a while. I think it was November the last time I was on the show, so well, thanks for having me. You know, me I've yet. seen you since obviously when we were commentating together on course, the Under-21s. Yeah. Superb uh, promotion back up to the big yeah, time. Yeah, what a day that was. Yeah, very good day. Yeah, I picked it out in the magazine as my highlight. <laughs> so no, that was very exciting. But no, we focus now obviously, as we've been hearing from James Ollie, building up to the Euros. And I'll start with you where I ended with James if I can, which is just a thought on, on what Jack Wilshire might achieve if given the chance this summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand the arguments against him and why why some people wouldn't take him. I mean, I, f I feel that on the on the weekend it was his first England start in, in over a year, so you know it's, there is that battle against time for him, that that race for fitness. But for me, he has to he has to play or he has to go with them and he has to start. Um, I think he gives England something that they don't really have in that midfield. Uh, you look at the alternative choices of Jordan Henderson, James Milner, Danny Drinkwater. It's kind of uninspiring, isn't it? Whereas when you put Jack in there alongside Dia, like, like he was on the weekends, it's, it's a bit more of a spark, a bit more creativity going forward. Um, and I, I was actually quite impressed with, with how well the three of them played together. It, it wasn't really one of Jack's best games, um, just because he was lacking a bit of sharpness. But alongside Eric Dia, he can afford to get forward a bit more. Dia is a bit more uh, defensively sound. So... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it, it, it can happen. Mm, it's going to be really interesting to see when that is cut from 26 to 23 and has Jack had enough time and done enough, we shall wait and see. Now, so many other players I want to talk to you about, Max. We'll start, if we can, with a couple that we've heard from on the Arsenal Weekly podcast today already. Um, we'll go with Peter Cech, first of all, who I met up with at the Arsenal charity ball a couple of weeks ago. Top bloke, as we know, wonderfully experienced and, and just such a confidence-inspiring man and keeper, and on the cusp of history, of course, with the Czech Republic. Yes, yeah, he is, um, the, with the appearance record, of course. Um, it, it was going to be a tough tournament for him. That's, that's quite easy to say, given their group. I mean, I, I think it's, it's one of the toughest groups in there. Of course, they've yeah. got Croatia, Czech Republic, Spain and Turkey. So it's, it's a tough group for them um, in Group D. But you know, hopefully he's got the experience. And also Thomas Rizicki's going as well, which was a, a bit of a surprise. But as, as their captain, as he has been for the last few years... You know, they've, they've got plenty of experience there to hopefully get a, get a nice tournament under their belts. Well, Riziki is a man who can suddenly get fit and turn it on for a few Absolutely. weeks, if nothing else. We know he uses class if his body allows, so that will be very interesting to see. Um, also wanted to mention Aaron Ramsey, of course, we've just been hearing from him and really hope again, you know, approaching full fitness after setbacks and so on. This could be a really good platform for Aaron. It could be. And when you look at the group that that Wales have. Of course, they're in England's group, so we'll know it very well with Russia and Slovakia as well. And, you know, Slovakia will quite often sit back. Same with Russia as well. And I'm just looking at England's first game here against Russia. They have been playing Alan Zagoyev, uh, holding midfield. He's naturally a more attacking midfielder. So for the likes of Jack Wilshire and Aaron Ramsey, that, that works out great because uh, Zagoyev is a bit lazy. He does start every game, but he won't do his defensive work. So those late runs into the box 
could be great for uh, for those two Arsenal players. So it's key for both Ramsey and Wilshire then to, to be fully fit to have the engine to be able to make those runs hopefully deep into a game as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, both sides have got attacking quality. Wales, obviously, with Gareth Bale. England have got Vardy, Kane. You know, there's, there's goals there. But if they can add the extra bit from midfield, and hopefully in Wales' case, not against England, of course, <laughs> um, then Arsenal's two players can have a, a great tournament. That will be very, very interesting to watch as well. Now, a couple of key Frenchmen on home soil, as we know. Got to mention Olivier Giroud, who has finished the season banging form. And obviously with the slightly bizarre situation surrounding Karim Benzema, um, is probably going to be the main man, or certainly got a decent shout to be it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see who they'll start up front. They've got um, two very similarly powerful uh, forwards in, in Giroud and Andre-Pierre Gignac as well. Um, it looks like Giroud's probably going to get the nod because he is the leading scorer in the whole French team. Um, he's, he scored twice as many goals as, as Gignac and also Antoine Griezmann. Um, Who can play probably elsewhere if he, needs he, he, can, he can play on the wing if, if needed and I think with, with Giroud he can do the job that he did for Arsenal which is a, a good focal point up front, good hold up man and also he could bang in the goals as well. Um, a good thing for him is that in their group they've got Albania, Romania and Switzerland so Albania and Romania, it's quite difficult to say, <laughs> um, they, they should be should be walkover victories you'd imagine for the for the tournament host and then you've got Switzerland Giroud obviously enjoyed scoring against Switzerland at the World Cup so hopefully hopefully he'll have, uh, have very fond memories of that game we'll be able to replicate it. Now somebody who's taken a while over the years to really establish themselves as a French international despite being having been a standout player here for a good while now is Laurent Koscielny and I think he's got a chance to be a real standout at his home Euros and not before time I suppose when you consider he is mid-career at best really when you look at his age isn't he he's really blossoming into what for me is, is the focal two or three years of what he'll bring to the table on the international stage yeah exactly Arsenal fans would have seen at the Emirates how just how good he is how integral he is to Arsenal's defence I mean you pair him with Per Mertesack you pair him with Gabriel still putting fantastic performances we've seen him lead the team on occasion as well so he's, he's a really important player for club but for country he, he can really blossom into a true leader in that team um, he's expected to start in centre, central defence alongside uh, Rafael Varane. When you look at the other options, it's quite obvious why that is. Um, Mangala, how's he mm. in the team based his on Manchester stock City? Stock dropped to tad, hasn't yeah, it, for it's, many? It's, yeah. it's quite, quite strange how he's in the team. And then uh, Jerry Mathieu, who um, has been a bit sporadic for Barcelona. Um, but more than anything, it's going to be a test of his focus, um, Koscielny's, just because Albania and Romania won't, be attacking too much. Um, both he and Varane are, are ball-playing centre-backs who like to play out from the back, distribute, um, and also intercept high up the pitch. So for Koscielny, he's probably going to have to play a more Mertesacker-style role, let Varane go up and try and intercept, while Koscielny just drops off and keeps his focus and keeps that defence intact. So things like positional, positional sense, concentration, all of those things will be very important not to switch off for that key moment when needed in, in games like that, I fully understand. Now, obviously, Germany uh, have a certain chap called, is it Mesut Ozil? Mesut Ozil, yeah. Apparently, he's quite good. He's, he's, he's all right. He's very good, yeah. Recently, <laughs> recently voted our, um, our player of the season on Arsenal.com. So, uh, yeah, we're expecting a very good tournament from him. Um, it's one of the tougher groups, um, along with Northern Ireland, Poland and Ukraine. Um, you know, but there's, there's there's no doubt he'll he'll play and he'll be used right in that number ten spot as as he has been playing all season for Arsenal. Um, Joachim Lowe really really likes him, um, and he's he's one of a core group of players within that squad who will be hoping to add the Euros to. 
the World Cup triumph. I mean, we've seen you know, the likes of Philip Lahm and Per Mertesacker retire after the World Cup, but you've still got players like uh, Tony Cruz, Sammy Kadira, and Bastian Schweinsteiger still in there as well. So he'll, he'll most likely have those players behind him, which will build a nice foundation for him to go and create chances and add to his 19 Premier League assists this season. There would be the perception that perhaps Ozil's second half of the season wasn't quite as outstanding as his first. And to be fair, those first few months were so, so good that almost nobody could quite live up to those heights. But do you feel he's kind of come back out and is reapproaching top form and, and these two or three weeks off in and around a couple of friendlies might just get him right back to his very, very humming best? I, yeah, I think so. And look, at his, his last game for Germany, I, I believe, was against England and he got an assist in that game. Um, and that was when they didn't have a recognised striker. Um, I mean, they, they go to this tournament with, just in their provisional squad, they got 13 midfielders and three strikers. One of, the, well, one of those strikers is Mario Goetze, who you described as more an attacking midfielder. Mm. Um, another one is Leroy Sané, who's made one, one appearance for Germany, no goals, pretty un, untested 20-year-old. So yeah. it, it's definitely going to be a really tough test for Meza Ozil, but you just know that if there's anyone who can provide an assist at a clinical moment in a game, especially for a team who don't have a striker, it's going to be this man. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he fares in France. Max, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much indeed. And thanks for your thoughts on a few of those key gooners who hopefully will have big roles to play in a couple of weeks at Euro 2016. Top stuff. Thanks for having me. That's full time on this week's show and for the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the 2015-16 season. We'll be back throughout the summer with a number of specials starting on June the 8th and we'll bring you part one of a previously unreleased Patrick Vieira Legends documentary. To make sure you don't miss that, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or follow the Arsenal SoundCloud page. And a big thanks to all of our contributors over the course of this season and, of course, to you all as well for downloading and supporting the show. For the final time this season, it's bye for now. And come on, you got us. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.